Hi, and welcome to Rich in Relationship. And today we're meeting with a new friend, Trisha Livermore. We, in the age of the pandemic, everyone meets on video. And Trisha and I have met through LinkedIn. And Trisha is with Soul Advisors. How are you today, Trisha? I'm doing well, thank you. How are you today? I'm really awesome, actually, having a very relaxed day. It's funny because sometimes a really relaxed day feels like, oh my God, I'm not getting anything done, but it's not, that's not reality, you know? No, it's, it's the best part of the day, right? When you go through life relaxed and calm, brings about an immense, an immense amount of joy. Yeah. So Trisha helps women in particular to reignite their passion. So the, the heart of our conversation is gonna be about reigniting passion today. And the first question that I ask everyone is, what is it about your passion that led you into this work? Oh, gosh. I would say that my story is around a moment in life where I really was feeling incredibly unfulfilled. Um, I was in a unfulfilled marriage. I was in a place with my career where I felt really super stuck, like, Every day was Groundhog Day, just doing the same thing over and over and over again. And I realized that I needed my life to change and I wanted my life to change. So I really spent a lot of time in introspection and reflection as I went through a divorce and a layoff in my career, which is both of which I wanted. And really taking the time to get to know my values and really wanting to change my world in such a way that I could find things that I was passionate about, things that would fill my cup and really serve people in a new way. So this is my journey of going through this major transformation of really finding myself and who I was in order to reignite my own passion and dreams. And so I decided with my corporate coaching, my corporate experience, I was in corporate America for 20 years. I was a leader in the last eight years, really enjoyed coaching my team and others within the organization, paying attention to their personal growth, helping them become their own leaders, at the same time, I helped my ex-husband at the time build a small business. I did that on, the, on nights and weekends and, and thoroughly enjoyed consulting with him and being his personal board of advisor for his business. What a terrific story. Yeah. I love, I love the way that you were able to be there at, for him after the divorce. Yes, luckily, you know, we have a 15-year-old son together we made great, we were, we were great as business partners and co-parents. We just were no longer happy in our marriage. And so luckily it was extremely amicable. Uh, we always wanted the best for our son. We own a building together and it was really in our best interest to, at the time from an economic standpoint, to stay, in, stay business partners. Um, and we have a really great relationship. Still. That's, that's like a podcast in itself. <laughs> Just by the way, like that topic of how you and your husband, you know, stayed aligned in the things that were important to you while you re 
calibrated your relationships so that you could be effective co-parents and still business partners. That's an amazing story right there. I'm just going to tell you. Thank you. Well, yeah. I, mean, I, work, I work a lot with people who are getting divorced, but often they're getting divorced from someone who they feel is very toxic, which it does not sound like was going on here. Uh, but I just think this is a like a story like that. That's very uplifting. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah. I mean, and, and don't get me wrong. We had a lot of challenges, right? No doubt. Being, being business partners and co-parenting and just, you know, working crazy hours and you know, the economic downtimes, there was, there was definitely tough times throughout it, but yeah, I, I appreciate the kind words and we both really put a lot of effort into making sure that we were doing the right thing for our son and yeah. for ourselves. So I'm actually very curious, famous coaching words, right? I'm super yeah. curious about how your values guided you in that process, which I'm sure had conflict in it. The nature of divorce is conflict. Yeah, it is conflict. Um, to me, it's, an, it's all about integrity. So that's my highest value. I, I, I still have an active CPA license. So it's really about ethics. How do I bring my full self to the forefront, right? And how do I always speak my truth? And now, mind you, for many years, um, I did not have great emotional regulation. Um, in my earlier years. And that was something that I vowed to, to myself to really reconnect with who I was and, and how do I become the person I wanted to be? How do I uncover that inner child from when I was much younger and become the person I really truly see myself as and did a lot of healing? And, and that's really just integrity, spirituality, um, and love. Those, those are, those were the values that I wanted to um, express and be every day of my life. So that's how it really guided me through all of, you know, my career ending, my marriage ending, and who do I want to, how do I feel good about who I, who I am when I show up every day? So it sounds like your values, you're very in touch with your values and they were, they were the guiding light yes. as you transformed this relationship. Now, I think in my personal experience, a lot of people are a little fuzzy about what their values are. What advice would you give people if they want to get more clarity about what their values are so they can have that guiding light as they go through conflict or transformation, depending on how you want to frame that experience? Yeah, for me, I really just paid attention to my triggers of the things that really triggered me. And in the work environment, um, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't always the best, right? There's a lot of, there's a lot of toxicity in corporate America around performance and driving results and competition and self-serving attitudes. It, it no longer resonated with me. It, it just continuously triggered me. And when I really got underneath and thought about how do I, what are the kind of people I wanna be around? I wanted to be around people who were like-minded, who were supportive, who were collaborative, and it wasn't self-serving. It was, it was in, a, in a way where we all have a common purpose and we're all working towards that same, that same common purpose together to really have an impact in the world. And when I realized that, I knew that corporate America was no longer 
for me. And, mm -hmm. and so I, I sort of raised the bar, um, so to speak, in what I really wanted in life. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Awesome. So now you're out of corporate America and you're living your values. Yes. Yeah. And what kind of clients do you typically work with? I would say that most of my clients are either in corporate America, in transition, um, they're, they're stuck, right? They don't know what it is that they want. They are feeling very unmotivated. They lack energy. They don't even know what their next step is or even a clear path to it. And maybe sometimes they might have a goal, but they're not completely committed to their goal. So they keep sidestepping. They get stuck in their head. They're overwhelmed. They're mentalizing. Um, those are like my perfect people that I love to work with in the sense that I really help them kind of get clear onto what it is that they want. How do they want to show up in the world? What do, what's fulfilling? Like I always ask the word, if I could, if you could wave a magic wand, what would your life look like? Uh, everyone and, wants that magic wand. Right. And instinctively they have this story that comes out and then I start from that story with, all right, well, what would it look like if you were to do that? And, and then you just kind of back into what it is their, their value system is telling them and what is it the next step that they want to take? My coach asked me today, um, if somebody came to you and said, could you fix their marriage in one week with your magic wand, what would you say? And I said, I could like get totally possible. They'd have to give me a whole lot of money and we'd have to spend a lot of time together. Like a right. lot of time, totally possible. Is it feasible? Not so much. So, but that, what I love about the magic wand is it's a lot more possible than we think it is. You know, when the question first gets asked, it's like, you think, oh, magic wand, that'll never happen. But then when you think about it, it's like, no, even that could happen. I, I love the magic wand. All right, so, and uh, let's say that we've got listeners today who are confused about where they're going in life. Let's say there's a pandemic. Let's just say there's a pandemic and nobody really knows what the future is gonna be like we ever really did, but it's now more evident than it ever has been before that we really don't know exactly what's gonna happen. What suggestions would you give these people to find out where they want to go so they can get more motivated and more jacked up about their life. Kind of the way you move from this place of, man, the marriage is not working. The work is not working. I need to make a shift here. How, how, what advice would you give them to make a similar, I, I hate that word pivot, but I'm going to use it a similar pivot. It's like the most overused word. Yeah. And sometimes it's not even just a pivot. It's just an awareness, right? What I, what I find with many of my clients is they're not giving themselves time for themselves. They're so busy with their work, with their family, and just busy doing stuff. They're not taking time for themselves. They're not getting into a place where they can have that inner wisdom come out. And whether it's a, a walk, a, a nature walk, a run, or meditation, a bath, anything that they enjoy that fills their cup that they're really getting time for themselves by themselves. So the first step is really spending time with yourself and really
really feeling into that heart, like what comes up for them. So you mean like watching Netflix and seeing what your emotional reaction is? Uh, well, I'm being a, I'm playing devil's advocate just a little bit. <laughs> Sometimes, I mean, it depends on what you watch on Netflix because there's a lot of really good things on Netflix around spirituality and and the power of the mind, right? Mm -hmm. So, but generally, it's more them spending time just by themselves. Yeah. So what? What do you? All right, I'm hanging out with myself, and yeah. let me be really clear. I really do get what you're talking about, but I want you to spell it out for our audience. You're, I'm I'm hanging out by myself. What am I doing? Am I picking my nose? Am I scratching my butt? Like, like, what do I do with that time? I've, especially if I'm a human doing, right? So many people are used to doing, 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 that hanging out by themselves might actually be kind of a daunting prospect. Yeah, and it is. Sometimes it is very daunting because a lot of feelings come up. And mm. so- So they, we're going to take a look at our feelings. Yeah, you're going to take a look at your feelings and really identify them, name them. What are they? What, what is it that you're feeling? And maybe you just need to journal it and write it down. Really identify what those feelings are. And you can reach out to others who, you know, if you need help with trying to, to identify what those feelings are mm -hmm. and see what, see what the value system that you're, you're identifying with. What is it? Is it, is it integrity? Is it trust? Is it honesty? Is it what, are, what is it that you want more of or that you're afraid of? Is there a fear that comes up? Are you scared? Um, are you sad? Are you lonely? What, mm -hmm. are, what are those feelings that come up for you? And really spend a little bit of time with whatever that is that comes up and lean into it. Mm -hmm. Really feel into it. And I know it's hard to get out of your head, right? And that, that actually requires a lot of practice and time. So it's not like you're gonna just go and spend time with yourself one time and you're just gonna, it's gonna be great. It's, it's a practice of really taking time to really become aware of what it is that you want. And then just literally taking one tiny itty bitty step of towards that thing that it is that you want. Um, yeah, so that's where I would start. So let's talk about the practice thing and I, I'm gonna frame it with a personal experience if that's okay. I remember when I first decided that I was going to embrace the concept of rest. I mean, of like one day a week was going to be completely unstructured. I wasn't going to think about what I was doing for work on Monday or whatever day I was. I, I happened to take Sundays. Some people take Mondays. That's not the point. But I was going to have one day where I let myself sleep late, where I let myself do whatever I want and have minimal responsibilities. And I remember the first time I did it, I was climbing the walls. I was like, oh my God, how the hell am I going to do this? This is insane, right? So, but I, and over time though, I grew, I learned to become very comfortable with this as a practice because what started to happen is Monday through Saturday, I would work my butt off so that I wouldn't be thinking about the next coming week when Sunday came. And so it, be, you know, I, I eventually I developed a rhythm, but it did require a practice. So in terms of this practice that you're talking about, hanging out with yourself, um, let's say, so we start out, we do a little journaling and we go through our feelings, you know, what, what might be some of the barriers that come up? Like I experienced with the idea of rest. Yeah. For women, typically it's guilt or shame. Mm -hmm. So they feel bad that they're not spending time with their family. They feel bad that they're not working more. Um, so there's a lot of guilt that comes up in that space and really giving yourself permission 
to take time for yourself. Mm-hmm. And that, that takes, again, that takes time as well. Sometimes, you know, women can get that pretty quickly. And other times it takes years for women to really give themselves self-permission. So for women, I find that if you can start at five minutes, grow that to 10 minutes to an hour and spend time with yourself every single day and create a habit out of it and start small and just continue to build that over time, what they'll find if they, if they actually create that habit is they start enjoying that time mm-hmm. for themselves. And that's really that pivotal moment where they're like, oh, this feels good. I need my time. I need to be with just myself because they're filling their cup with energy so that they can give more energy to others. Um, and again, it's, it's definitely a process in creating that habit. And what's the next step from there? Uh, you know, we're hanging out with ourselves, we're having our feelings. Maybe it starts out as a few minutes a day, it's building, it's building. We start to really treasure that time. Maybe we're journaling. Uh, what's the next step from there? How, does, how do we move from this place of getting reacquainted with ourselves and our own feelings and our values, as you mentioned, to having a sense of purpose? Well, I can tell you my story. I I meditated a lot. I spent a lot of time meditating. I spent a lot of time journaling. I also spent time visualizing what I wanted my future to be like. So I would identify with what what does my work environment look like? What does my everyday look like? How do I want to, how do I want my, my structure to look like every single day of the week? I like flexibility. I like spontaneity. I like to sleep in. That's just something that I really enjoy. So really finding those things that you really like and working towards those things, creating small little steps of how can I tweak something in my life that will adjust for what it is that I want to change my calendar, to change my, um, you know, my format, my structure that fills me up. Can I take a, a walk in between meetings Would that so it, it really just depends on each person's um, things that fill them up and really putting them in place into their lifestyle. Um, yeah, so it, it's really just being, there, there has to be a lot of self-awareness there about what it is that you love doing, that you like doing, and taking those little tiny baby steps in order to make them happen. And for me, it wasn't baby steps. It was a huge pivotal transition. And which was amazing. And then I started creating the life that I really wanted to build um, by putting all of those things in place. Yeah, I think that's a really important point that you make. The distinction between a major change, like a paradigm shift or an aha moment and incremental change. And I think, uh, uh, I know a lot of my clients believe that all the changes are, the major changes are about those aha moments and they fail to recognize that really it's the incremental work that leads to that. You know, that we constantly polishing, shining, you know, setting in order, sorting, setting in order, our every little areas of our life. And then all that stuff gets lined up and we say, oh, something big needs to happen here. Like this is okay, it's all in order, but it's this something really, the whole game needs to change, but we don't really see that until we get what we have in, in some kind of condition. You know? uh, so I love the way you have in, in your description. It's like, yeah, first it's like these little things and then there can be this big thing. Exactly, exactly. And it's a choice, right? They're, they're, 
they're choices that you make on a day-to-day -day basis and hour by hour, depending on your growth and your trajectory of your path. The other thing that's really, really important that I learned for myself is celebrating those small steps. Oh, I love celebrating, this. Celebrating small wins because what I've learned even through neuroscience, I'm a little bit of a neuroscience geek, is that when you celebrate those small wins, those the tiny little baby steps, you get a you get a hit of dopamine. And when you share those little small steps with other people, you get even a greater hit of dopamine. And that's an addiction, right? Like that feel good neurochemical energy is, it feels really amazing. So when you can add celebrating those small steps to your everyday little habits um, and, and tracking the change that you're making over time is even, it's, it's, easy, it's easier to see when you're journaling that, but it's so important to celebrate. So before I ask you the, the punchline question, uh, there's two things I wanna know. The first thing I wanna know is what suggestions would you have for people in terms of celebrating the small things? And, and like, for those of you who are listening, this is super important. Like in our culture, we're all about, we're gonna get to this place and then our life is gonna be perfect. But then you get to that place and lo and behold, there's another place you wanna get to. So you never really celebrate that win. So what Trish is talking about here is like the secret elixir of life. It's how, you know, enjoying the, the small baby steps is really what it's all about. So what advice do you have for our listeners on celebrating the baby steps, the small victories? Like, how I'll do you do it? Yeah, I'll give you one example of from one of my, um, my clients is she was super busy, you know, overwhelmed at work. And it was this constant struggle of, okay, I did it. Now I I'm on to this next thing I have to do. I have to do and I have to do. And what I said is, do you, do you write a to-do list? And she's like, yeah, I always have a to-do list. I said, okay, instead of, instead of just marking off your to-do list, why don't you put a star or a happy face or do something that really makes you feel good that you can celebrate that you accomplish that little step, big step, milestone, whatever it is. And she came back to me, she's like, oh my gosh, I have so much more energy when I can celebrate the things that I've accomplished that it gives me more energy to do what I wanna do and I'm more mindful about the things that I want to do. Um, so that's one little small example of nice. a, an easy way to celebrate. And I, I'm going to throw in there like a, an aha moment I'm having right now is I think that for everybody, celebration can look differently, right? Yeah. Like some people, the idea of giving yourself a gold star is like, come on, freaking right. gold star. But for other people, gold star might be like, this is, this is what I always wanted to get was the gold star. You know, so it's part of the trick is finding out like what really, what really makes you feel rewarded. Very, yeah. very good stuff. And now my second question is, how can people find you, Tricia? Yeah, you can find me on LinkedIn, Tricia Livermore on LinkedIn. And I also have a website, Soul Business Advisor. And you can um, reach, reach out to me in either one of those areas. Awesome, awesome. And now I'm gonna ask you the final question. Only I had like rhythm. Um, the final question, I have a friend who's a drummer He's unbelievable. I listen to this guy drum and I say, one day I'd like to be like him, but you know that he did that for decades, right? right. So um, <laughs> there's still hope for me. The final question is, what's the legacy you wanna leave behind? Great question. My vision is living in a world where there's peace and harmony. And so the more I can help each person find that within themselves, the greater the impact it will have on the world 
And that's the legacy I really want to leave behind is really just increased peace and harmony. So I love that because it's so connected to the work that you're doing, which is about helping people find what really fulfills them, right? Because we're always going to be more at peace if we're doing what is fulfilling for us. Absolutely. As opposed to being a mindless drone in a mega corporation. Yep. Exactly. Trying, trying to take over the world. <laughs> Reminds me of Pinky in the Brain back exactly. then. Exactly. <laughs> it's a running joke in this household. What are you going to do today, honey? I, same thing we do every day. And I, I just get this dirty look from my wife. She's like, come on. You've seen that to me for 20 years now. I love that. I can't stop. <laughs> Thank you so much. It has been a real pleasure to get to know you a little better and have you on the show. Thank you, Rich, so much. I really appreciate it.